you're just studying Grant Glennon and his snaps. Yep. What's the velocity? What's the velocity? Fast. <laughs> What's the best snap he's ever had? A really good one. <laughs> <laughs> what game did he have his best snap in, Dustin? Remember that Clemson game where they won like fifty-eight to ten? He snapped for some good punts that game. <laughs> I think I think Florida State had a he showed his endurance during that game, huh? Yeah, well, he he helped Logan Tyler set a record for for most punt yardage in a game or something like that in school history. So that's like a co-captain type deal there. That's a Hall of Fame type of deal. <laughs> Sadly, it's a terrible. I think stack. I I really think he's the next guy in the program who could get his jersey retired. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Before Jameis Winston, <laughs> not even a question. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this gorgeous evening. It is Thursday, August 19th. I am with my two co-hosts, Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer, and our lead writer and editor, Dustin Lewis. What's going on, gentlemen? Uh, not much, but I'm pretty sure it's the 20th, not the 19th. Is it really? Oh, my God. I mean, there's it a is. podcast, so you didn't have to tell everyone that, but yeah. Well, I mean, why not? I guess we could say it's probably the 21st because this is when it will be public to everyone. Does it really matter? I mean, you did say Thursday as well, so. Oh, well, it's all over the place. We just took about <laughs> 30 minutes in front of live viewers and listeners to uh, figure out a way to record through Discord because one of our bots died on us. So, um, yeah, that's what we've been doing the last 30 minutes. So, RIP, Craig. Yeah, Craig died on us, our recording bot inside the Discord. So, everything's just screwed up. So. Just falling apart in front of our eyes, terrible. Um, but let's let's uh, let's go over what we're going to be talking about. We football's coming up, gentlemen. I don't know about y'all. I know Austin's still mad that football is actually going to happen this year, but uh, I've been <laughs> I've been excited the whole time. I knew it was going to happen. You can call me a gypsy and a wizard, but I just knew football was going to happen. Austin's just negative and a Debbie Downer, and he doesn't even say anything anymore too on the podcast. So you had like a little crickets thing in right there. Yeah. We'll put in like a cricket sound or something. Um, hopefully our new bot that we just paid money for annually. will do that for us. But um, tonight we're going to go over scrimmage thoughts. Um, the latest on the Thompson and DJ Matthews situation. We're going to give our um, 
latest insight on the hard knocks with Jalen Derwin, Acres, and Neighbors. Uh, Dustin's got some recruiting updates related to some football. Uh, we are going to go through our top three worst segment, and this time it's going to be vegetables. Last week we went through fruit and absolutely got destroyed on Discord, so it was it was awesome. Um, and I'm expecting another good night on that front. We're talking about vegetables, and then uh, the latest will be Florida State versus JSU that just got announced today. And then to end it off, it'll be special teams depth chart review projections, and then FSU trivia to end off everything. Um, as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. If you rate us five stars on iTunes, we will shout you out. I got a few guys to shout out on here right now, actually. Um, let's see here. This is from Pasqua Knoll. Says, kids, uh, rated us five stars and said, kids that do a good job giving us commentary and information re- relevant to FSU athletics, keep up the good work, gents. So I think the kids part he was um, talking about was you, Dustin. The kids on the podcast, that was definitely directed towards you, right? Yeah, thanks, Pascal. But I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're far from it, too, buddy. <laughs> um, and then there's also another one on here I want to give a shout-out to because we've had a few the last couple of uh, days. Uh, this is from D- uh, DK Solo, FSU. I'm sorry if I really screwed up your name, but it said, excellent podcast. Great job, guys. So um, we have quite a few in here. This is this is one I'll, I'll give a shout out to. This is a four star one. This this one came from East Epic eighty six and said, "Love the pod, but sometimes y'all got to bring a little more energy." I uh, end up skipping forward every few minutes because the sidebars get a little vanilla. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Get excited and go Knowles. So Austin, let's wake go. up, BZ. Wake up, buddy. <laughs> Today's the wrong day for that. Sorry. Austin's in a bad mood, everybody. And I want to give a shout out to Austin too, because he never uh said happy birthday to me on my birthday. So oh. yeah. Never oh. uh, texted me, never called me, never sent a letter. If it makes you feel better, um I didn't tell Dustin happy birthday either. So <laughs> Yeah, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so Austin just doesn't care. That's what we've learned. Um but sweet deal. Uh, I think at the end, yeah, at the end of the podcast, we're going to go and give a shout out to 10 of our Patreon members. I think our chief guys are going to go first. Um, we got a lot of shout outs. The Patreon thing blew up and we're really excited about the future with it. Uh, 200 members in a matter of a week and the first hour we gained 100 members. Uh, so we're, we're really excited about it. We have a ton of cool ideas um, to build with this. Definitely during game days, we actually watched the FSU or not the FSU, but the Memphis versus SMU game last night. And we were all in the chat box talking about it. So I think we have a lot of cool ideas for whenever FSU games are going on. I think Dustin said he's going to give some live commentaries this season. Is that what you said earlier? Yeah, I think so. I'd love to love to be here in the Discord doing something like during during the game, something live to keep things interesting and flowing. Yeah, and we'll probably try to bring in some former Knowles, too, to give in their commentary, too, while it's going on. So a ton of cool ideas. Um, and we have a ton of uh, cool stuff starting next week, too, with uh, Charlie Ward coming on into the Discord for our chief tier members. Should be awesome. So enough of that. Enough of all that co- crap talk there. Let's get into uh, the content here part of it. So Florida State held their first scrimmage under Mike Norvell on Sunday. Uh, and uh, they held a kind of evening-ish, a little bit inside Doe Campbell Stadium. Had a little bit of lights out there near the end. 
uh, a lot of things to kind of go through. Uh, first off, you, you get news about Chubba Purdy, freshman quarterback, uh, is going to be out quite a bit and to start off the season after an in- upper body injury. Uh, what was the latest on that one, Dustin, that you heard? Because I was in Atlanta for this whole weekend and didn't get to really get the deep dive into that. Yeah, I know from what Nate uh, relayed to us, it's a broken clavicle, but I've heard a couple different terms, broken collarbone, all kinds of different terms. So I don't think really anyone knows except for Florida State and, and its staff. Yeah, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And But it seems like I, I Nate usually knows what he's talking about there. So uh, that that is, what, 10, 12 weeks for recovery? There, There's different timelines. Like, I've seen four weeks, but, yeah, I would say anywhere between four to four to ten weeks oh, probably. I, luckily, luckily, it's an injury to, to his non-throwing shoulder that might be able to help him get back a little bit quicker. But, you know, if James Blackman does entrench himself as a starter, there won't really be a need to rush Purdy back. Yeah, so that was obviously kind of a blow for the Chubba Purdy hive that we're expecting him to play early on. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> we're not completely, we we might not know completely everything, and he could recover in four weeks. And uh, yeah, but I just don't see that happen. I, I, and definitely with this kind of season that's going on and how it's starting, let him get, re- get as much rest as he needs. It's definitely seeming like it's going to be the Blackman show, most certainly to start off the season and, and finish off mm-hmm. um and so that then that, that doesn't come to any surprise i don't think to most people i know people want to see purdy out there and maybe even roadmaker and maybe see some new fresh guns out there but i you know blackman i think all of us on here have expected him to be the starter no matter what uh facing off against georgia tech here in a few weeks yep uh so also jordan wilson the ucla tent uh, tight end transfer um tore his achilles i was confirmed from nate on um i believe sunday or monday uh terrible 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 news uh, i know nate interviewed him a few times before he came to tallahassee he had worked a lot on his on his body and and looked like he was having a good start to camp too because he just arrived i think the day before camp started but florida state loses depth at tight end there uh, and so you kind of look at wyatt rector to be the one to pull up and you know he worked his tail off um this last off season and the start of spring and you're always hoping for an opportunity and well, Wyatt, this is your time to uh, impress and you're going to definitely get playing time this season. Yeah. I I think I said during the um, offensive depth chart preview podcast a couple weeks ago that I thought tight end was, was probably arguably your weakest unit on offense at the moment. And now it gets even weaker. So behind Cam McDonald, you're really looking at Rector who you just mentioned and Carter Boatwright who, enrolled early to, to step up. They have to now. Yeah, most certainly. Uh, during the whole scrimmage, though, we received a few nuggets. Mine being the defense was absolutely – the defensive line, it just kind of wasn't fair. And that's understandable. Me and Nate talked about it in the bat cave. But at first scrimmage, the offense is always usually going to have a little bit of a struggle. Um, defense is going to have a better take on things. Um, and that was what I, in quote, was told, hella sacks. Um, and they were just flying at the quarterbacks. Uh, and the the guys that are impressing, Devontae Love-Taylor on the offensive line. Uh, obviously, Dante Lucas uh, is in there doing some stuff too. Uh, Darius Washington is a guy to keep an eye on. But, I mean, 
Dustin comes to no shock though. The defense is came out of the game and, and won that scrimmage. I don't think so. I mean, typically early on in fall camp, the defense is ahead of the offense. And you have to think about just the monstrosities that FSU is sporting on that defensive line. It's it's going to be tough for any offensive line in the country to block them, let alone, you know, one that's rebuilding like Florida State's. Yeah, no. And th- another thing that I think people are starting to get really excited about a, a player is, is Travis Jay. So we got some word that he was having a nice scrimmage because we ha- he hasn't really had a chance to get in there and get some PT just in practices alone and also uh, scrimmage like situations. But it's it's kind of you look at Marcus Woodson, the Florida State's defensive back coach, and you can go ahead and just say, you know, like he said in his interview, he might be the most talented defensive back I've had a chance of coaching. So that says a lot in levels because he's been around uh, uh, coaching staffs um, around the country. So to have Travis Jane get that kind of praise, it goes to show that we're most likely going to see him early on in the season. Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't know if it's going to be a starting role, but Travis Jay is definitely going to find a way to get himself on the field, whether that's on defense or as we get further into the podcast, maybe on special teams as well. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about him. I think I it's kind of I feel like it's kind of a Gregory type of feel that he brings to the table. Um, definitely. And yeah, and I physical guy. He's he's actually put on about 15 pounds too. He looks good. He looks built. I actually uh, saw uh, interacted with him uh, last year. He looked he, he he has definitely put on some pounds uh, since then. He was pretty. He was a pretty. Uh, thin guy when he first arrived at FSU. So uh, Coach Storms does his job and he, he perfects his craft. So Travis J looks great. Um, Steven Dix Jr., DJ Lundy look like they're going to be two young studs at linebacker that are going to impress and pro- maybe run in there and get some playing time. Um, obviously, we saw the, the picture of both of them go kind of viral over the weekend and they look good. I mean, the, the funny thing about Lundy too is that he – is that he's got some, he looks big and, and he obviously is, but he's also got speed to him. Uh, from what we heard during the scrimmage, he was able to fly around and get, get after people. Yeah. He's a, he's a monster. I mean, a guy coming from a wrestling background, who's now going to play linebacker for the state. I mean, what more can you want? You, you haven't had true freshman linebackers coming in that, that look like this and a, a long time. I mean, Maybe maybe Nigel Bradham, DJ Lundy is a big dude. I don't want to yeah, say Lund- cat. Yeah, Lundy's a big cat. <laughs> no. What were you about to say? I don't want to say cat. Uh, you can't use my thing now. You can't copy what I say. Yeah, I think uh, if we were gonna compare these guys, I'd say Lundy to Bradham, and then Dix to or Ernie Sims. If I were to compare these two guys, they're just uh, some very very impressive physically built guys coming into Florida state. I'm really, I'm really excited to see what they can do on the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then kind of finish off last two things here before we, I want to bring up the, from what I was told that this scrimmage was definitely, there was a lot of energy, but it wasn't like the last two years where guys were kind of celebrating and kind of getting in each other's faces and all that. It seemed like discipline was a huge thing in communication. So they didn't really have a lot of time to be celebrating and whatnot. They went over to their <clears throat> position coaches right after making plays and things were just a little bit, it was just more organization. Um, and it, they had, obviously they had the ACC refs there. 
Um, so everything was kind of strict on schedule and organize the organization of it all was a, was a big um, difference from what I was told, because from what the person that I get told things, they were there in the last two seasons with Taggart and now they're here with Norvell and there's close to a 180 and how things are being ran um, and how strict it is in, in certain situations. I can't go t- into t- into deep detail on it. Um, but things are looking good just to say on the discipline factor that I think a lot of Florida state fans are, have been missing and, and seeing out on the field for a long while. Um, how much Dustin real quick to you, how much of a discipline, how much does discipline make a factor? Do you think for Florida state, does that add on even wins I, for Florida state? <laughs> I would say, I mean, definitely look at, look at the amount of penalties, stupid penalties that Florida state has made over the last couple, two, two, three years that have just cost them ball games. I mean, stupid pre-snap penalties after, after the play's over, you know, a personal foul, things like that can completely change the momentum of a ball game. Yeah, no, and <clears throat> we saw a lot of, uh, a lot of little screw-ups in the last couple of seasons from yeah. stupid mistakes. And- it's all about being disciplined under the, li- under the lights. Yeah, taps on the shoulder and taps on the helmet ain't going to cut it, I don't think. And it's not going to cut it at Florida State. Players will tell you that, too. They want to be coached hard. They want to be chewed out. And that's why you come to Florida State. And that just was not the case the last two seasons. Too sweet, too nice. Um, I mean, if you just look back at like Dontavious Jackson, who's over here clawing at people's faces while they're on the ground and uh, they're playing uh, their sm- the smallest team of the- on their schedule and screwing around. And then he's still, hey, all he has to do is sit out a series the next game. And then he goes back in there and starts screwing up even more. Um, there's just There was just no discipline the last couple of seasons. Not how it should be. Um, and so that it might play a big, I think it will play a really big factor in how Florida state plays this upcoming season. Uh, lastly, James Blackman uh, told was uh, seemed a little bit more dialed in than usual. Uh, wasn't letting things get to him, even though there were a lot of sacks happening. Um, seemed like he was a little bit more smoother on getting down on his reads. Uh, he kind of trusted the pocket. Uh, he's still working on little mechanic things. Uh, but there have been improvements, and that goes to, and it's it's kind of relays to what Mike Norvell has said too after the scrimmage and the last couple of practices is that he's been pretty impressed on the improvements that James Blackman has had the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it's great that you have two two coaches that are very good at developing quarterbacks, and Norvell and also Kenny Dillingham, and then it's even better that those two guys are completely dialed in and on the same page with one another. So Blackman Blackman has a has a very good situation coaching-wise this year, and that's one thing that he's missed every other year that he's been at Florida State so far. So I think that's going to make a, a big difference in his level of play and also his comfortability as we uh, move into the season. Warren Thompson uh, is has made a statement that he is going to return to the practice field and play for Florida State this this season. Um, um, we're not going to go deep into it's kind of old news now about why he wanted to step away and re- uh, release his statement on the whole COVID nineteen. It wasn't believing that everything was going right and it was being told the truth from Florida State side of things. But it seems like Norvell and company. I uh, had a sit down meeting with him and talked about it. Um, and Warren Thompson intends on most certainly playing this upcoming season. I know there was also some thoughts also on DJ Matthews because DJ Matthews wide receiver was also supportive of Warren Thompson and making that statement. 
but from what we have heard, uh, DJ Matthews is still on the team. I know uh, some other outlets reported that Warren Thompson was most likely and DJ Matthews were not going to be on the team this upcoming season, but that is 100% false. Uh, any takeaway on that one, Dustin Lewis? Yeah, I mean, it just it just feels like a situation that kind of got overblown a little bit like the Marvin Wilson thing. I do think this would this would have been a lot better if if Warren Thompson and DJ Matthews would have brought this situation to the coaching staff, you know, not on social media. But I think, you know, they kind of saw how the Marvin Wilson situation was handled after it got blown up on social media, so they thought I, I don't know what they were thinking, but either way, kind of, I'm kind of glad that we're moving past this. I mean, Warren Thompson, DJ Matthews are two of your veteran receivers on the roster. Um, I think, I think you have nine scholarship wide receivers on the roster entering the year. that are healthy right now. So if you were to lose them, you'd be down to seven. I'd be kind of worried about the depth with four of those guys being true freshmen. So it's, it's good to have them in the fold for sure. You know, they're, they might be a little bit of divas, but, but you need them and hopefully. Mike Norvell can help them start to work past that. I was yes. about to say, they're really yeah. that good of a thing. Like they haven't really provided anything throughout their careers. They've been attitude problems almost their entire careers. Like they're not really that needed. And it, it kind of shows the difference going back to Marvin Wilson. Marvin Wilson called out a particular thing and said, "This is wrong." Players rallied around it. Norvell said, "Hey, this is something that needs to be corrected." Warren Thompson comes out and says something. Everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I do think it, it was funny that. All the players kind of rallied against them instead of with them, like with Wilson. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. And then, yeah, I think Marvin Wilson. I put it in the Staff Nuggets channel on Discord, but uh, he made a post like a few hours later that evening and was like, "If you're not here for the right reasons, then leave." You know what I'm saying? He was, you know, he was definitely throwing shade, I believe, at Thompson and maybe others too. Uh, but yeah, that that might have been a little bit overblown, a little bit. Um, I think so. Yeah, and like like Austin said, I mean, these are two guys. It's wide receivers. Wide receivers are always going to be that diva type. But hey, guys, just a little heads up here. We had a slip up in the recording, so about five minutes, and this area of the podcast is lost. Uh, coming up here, we start off talking about our top three worst vegetables. So we will jump you into that. Didn't miss out on much. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. All right, Candy's back. Candy's back. We're good. I'll just have to put two files back together, but we were just showcasing our discord bot. That's really cool. She's awesome. Candy. We love you. Uh, am I up next? As does I, think, I think it's me. Oh, it's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my number one, I'm going to say tomatoes. The only, the only tomatoes, the only tomato product I will eat is ketchup. I wow. agree. Actually, I, I can't I'm eat a, a tomato roll. Disgusting. I'm not getting tomato on my burger. It's just juice and seeds everywhere. It's disgusting. I'm not eating that. I'm not eating it cooked. I'm, I'm just not doing it. And um, like salt, like if I get salsa, I can't eat. I'm not even eating salsa off my chip. I dip my chips in salsa. I don't want to eat the tomato on my chip. Oh my god! <laughs> You're so dramatic. Why get salsa if you can get queso? Like, come on. Oh god! Look at all these awesome. people typing. <laughs> <laughs> I will eat salsa, but I'm dipping my chip to get it. Like the oh juice on there. I'm not pulling tomatoes out. <laughs> so dramatic. That is so pathetic. That is so <laughs> pathetic. You're such a... Both of you guys are so annoying. Oh, so But you'd grab the onion out of the salsa, unlike Austin, right? Oh, bro, my chip plain. It's like juicy chip. Oh, 
my god. Oh my god. Salsa juice. No, so you don't even get like any of the stuff that comes in salsa. You just get like the water part of it. Exactly. Get out of here. No wonder I'd only go to Sunny's with you because everywhere we, everywhere else we eat, they don't have tomatoes at Sunny's. No ketchup is the only tomato product I will use. Jesus Christ, you're embarrassing me in front of live and viewers. Good thing it's not your decision. Yeah, good thing. Exactly. Uh, all right, my number one <clears throat> uh, that I will not eat is eggplant. There's no way I'm going to eat eggplant. Um, I don't even know if I've eaten it, and it probably isn't fair, but I will not eat eggplant for multiple reasons, uh, not only because the emoji looks like you, you know, uh, a penis, but I'm not going to eat eggplant. It just doesn't. I'm not going to eat something that's purple that comes from like. Does it come from the ground? Can anybody give us tell us that? I, I think so. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know where it comes from. I, I don't know. I've never eaten really an eggplant. I'd never have any interest in it. <sighs> if we hit 500 patreons before the end of the year, I'll eat a whole eggplant. Ew. Oh yeah, look at this. It grows out of a bush thing. Yeah, it does grow out of the a bush the, thing. Well, yeah. See, see, Austin, this is why. <laughs> Austin, this is why we come to Discord for live chats for us to for them to help us while we're recording. Sure. Yeah, you know. I really only, egg, only eggplant I'm eating is like an eggplant parmesan. Never what? had that. You fry it and throw cheese on it. That'll make just about anything good. Nate, we need to Cut celery. We need to suspend Navy Noel for thirty seconds in chat. Uh, he's going after candy. Um, we know, we know where his jokes are going, which are absolutely hilarious. But we love candy here. Candy's amazing. <laughs> I've almost said a couple questionable candy things. I'm glad that I've held off. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I don't like eating broccoli by itself um i like steamed broccoli i like it with some salt on it whatever but i don't like eating like straight from like at Publix and just grabbing a tray of it and just eating it dry like that just doesn't sound well, who, who the hell's gonna do that i don't know some vegetable psychopaths some veggie people some vegans i'm vegan <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for our top three worst segment. I don't think we absolutely destroyed this one this time. The chat didn't blow up too much, but um, I think now, sadly, the eggplant emoji and what other emoji is going to be the big hit this week. I don't know. It's... I mean, I mean watermelon is going to live on forever. Yeah, the watermelon one is uh, going to be. I think it's because we can all agree vegetables are clearly worse than fruits. Highly disagree. Oh. Big vegetable guy over here. That doesn't surprise me. I don't think you've had either fruits or vegetables, so <laughs> I, tr- I try not to. And why is that? I'm on a I'm on a steak only diet. So you're on a c- carnivorous diet. Took me like five seconds to figure out how to <laughs> say that. About <laughs> Took me five seconds to figure that out. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. I have plans tonight. Y'all are ruining it. 
They're already um, late. Craig ruined it earlier, so dang it. All right, so today, this is Thursday, we're recording. So on Thursday afternoon, Florida State announced their 11th and final game of the season. Obviously, we know that Samford's conference uh, canceled their fall season. Um, Sanford did have a chance actually to play their out of conference game, but they elected not to do so. They did not want to come play Mike Norvell at all in Doak Campbell stadium. Um, so this time Jacksonville state is willing to s- take the money that Sanford didn't want because they did not want to get their ass beat and Doak and Jacksonville state will be here. Um, what date is that game? I'm probably supposed to know that. I think it was October 6th. Someone in chat, please tell us what date. October 3rd. Yep, look at that. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting so much better at remembering things. I'm so proud of myself. But, yeah, Florida State versus Jacksonville State. October 3rd, that obviously gives uh, Florida State a smaller, maybe a smaller opponent. uh, And it gives them still another small opponent to prepare a week uh, or two weeks before Miami. Is it? No, it's the week after Miami, which I was literally about to say that. Why couldn't we get this the game before Miami? Oh, yeah, after Miami, my bad. So Austin's back. Austin's back. <laughs> Even though he didn't say happy birthday to me and Dustin, we'll let Austin start coming back. Yeah, it, it's a game, you know, you're hoping it's going to be a blowout, but I will be watching Jacksonville State. They have um, former Clemson quarterback, Zarek Cooper, on the roster. He was their starter last year, so... Excited to see, you know, a Florida State going up against a former four-star quarterback. So he's definitely got some talent. Excited to see how they kind of handle that. I don't really have any excitement, so that's my take. <laughs> I think Marvin Wilson's going to have a very fun time with him. He's going to enjoy. You hope so, him. but I remember, you know, eleven years ago when Jacksonville State came into Tallahassee and made it a game. So you're right. I'm not worried, though. Uh, let's see. Dustin, do you want to sh- run through, before we go into FSU trivia, do you want to run us through uh, special teams depth chart breakdown? I'll give my takes on it, too. I can. Um, it's it's pretty cut and dry. We'll just go through um, kicker, punter, kick returners, and punt returner. So we'll start off, we'll start off at kicker. And um, with Ricky Aguayo moving on, for the first time in seven yeah. years, Florida State will not have a kicker with the last name Aguayo on the back of uh, their jersey. I think some Turtles people will live. Yeah, I think some people are a little bit thankful for that after the Aguayo we've seen for the last four years. But so last year, Ryan Fitzgerald, true freshman, redshirted, and this year he's right in the thick of things for the job, along with walk-on Parker Grothaus, who we saw kick some extra points and um, um, do kickoff duties a season ago. I think Fitzgerald is going to be able to win out the starting kicker position. He's a very strong red reg. He has a very strong leg. He set multiple records in Georgia throughout his high school career. And he's a guy I'm excited to see. Yeah, no, I'm excited too about that front. Um, and I think too, there is a competition. I guess you could say there's a competition going right, going on right now be- between the two, but Mm-hmm. Obviously, Fitzgerald is going to be the guy that comes out on the end, most certainly, and ends up being that starter. Uh, he's got a leg, uh, like we put in the Discord. Uh, I believe we put in the Discord, or we talked about in the back cave. I don't remember, but um, he had a 50-yard field goal on 
on during the scrimmage on Sunday inside Doak. So uh, strong, strong leg. Yeah, I know so far Norvell has said that neither has, has made much separation in that competition, but I do think eventually Fitzgerald is going to be the one who wins out. Uh, moving on to punter. You After Logan Tyler was dismissed from the team early last season, walk-on Tom, Tommy Martin took over as a starting punter, and he did, he did he did all right. He averaged 39.2 yards per kick, and he had seven punts that went over 50 yards. But you have the punter from down under moving into the roster. Florida State signed Alex Mastromano out of Australia in the 2020 class, and he, he's been very, very impressive. Norvell, Norvell mentioned after the scrimmage that he had some huge kicks, and Mastermano was pretty excited about what was really his, his first real live football action so far at this point in, in his career. So it's really early in, in the development of his football career, but he's got an extremely powerful leg, and I think it's, it's going to be too strong to keep him off the field. I, I've got Mastermano ending up as a starter at punter. Uh, most certainly for sure um, comes from all the way from the Aussie town. Uh, and it, from what I've heard too, he's got a nasty hang time. So, and as we'll get into the kind of recap, the special teams, Mike Norvell is huge on special teams. The whole staff is, but Mike Norvell is a, it's kind of like, he kind of has like some kinky thing for special teams. If we're going to put it that way. Um, I hope that never gets put into a soundbite. Um, but he, he loves his special teams. Uh, we watched the FS. God, the SMU and Memphis game last night, and you can tell how organized and well-coached special teams is, and it plays a factor for getting good field position, a lot of things, and it'll set up well for this defense if um, Alex uh, can and can have some good hang time on these punts and let the Gunners get down there. I wouldn't be surprised. Sorry. I also wouldn't be surprised to see Theron Terry get out there uh, on punt team as a gunner. Cause, uh, that's something that has kind of been whispered around or talked about since fall camp. Um, you know, starters will be in the special teams, just like we've heard. We'll get into it with kick return, but we'll see some starters too on, on offense be in that kick return. I wouldn't hate to see it, but yeah, I was just saying, I think with, with such a powerful leg, Mastermano is going to be in contention for that kickoff specialist job as well. So we'll see if Grothhaus is able to hold that down that spot for another year. Um, moving on, going over to kick returner. Florida State did. Whoa! Lose. Did you just did you just skip long snapper? The you chat has me. been. I was just I was gonna do it last. Uh, okay, for the grand finale. Okay, <laughs> the grand finale. <laughs> you want me to do it now, or do you want me no, to no, do it no. later? Save save long snapper for the grand finale. That's why people will wait and listen to this episode. All right. So moving on to kick returners. Florida State did lose one starting kick returner in Treshawn Harrison. Over the offseason to transfer, but they do return Isaiah Bolden, who um, locked down that spot a season ago. Also, Keyshawn Helton is back after suffering an injury. He was returning kicks prior to his injury, so we'll just have to see how how his recovery is going and how comfortable the staff feels, you know, throwing him back out there on kickoffs and or on kickoff return because it's it's just it's a spot where you could potentially get injured with how fast everyone is moving and things like that. And another guy I definitely think we're going to see a kick return this year is true freshman Corey Wren. Probably the fastest guy on the roster, top three for sure. Um, he's going he's gonna to make some plays. Wren has a personal best 10.41 second 100-meter dash, and he's, he's very explosive. Norvell's praised him a couple times so far throughout fall camp, and 
I'm just excited for the multitude of ways that Florida State's going to be able to use this guy. Yeah, let Ren have uh, a 10-yard uh, head start of momentum there um, and have just a decent blocking like we've seen Mike Norvell and his schemes be able to have success there. Bye-bye. Uh, Night-night. See ya. Uh, sh- that he, he could play a big factor there and giving Florida State some nice field position and also probably putting up some points this upcoming season. There will be some kickoff return for touchdowns this upcoming season. I know Florida State fans haven't seen a whole lot of them the last couple of seasons, but it, it should most certainly probably be a regular thing if we look back and look at statistics and and uh, a recap of Mike Norvell's career. Very success, has a very good success rate of the kick return portion of football games. I'll ask you right now, over under 2.5 kickoff returns for touchdown next year, or in 2020. Uh, set that thing at like, Four point five. I'll double it. Four point five. Double it. Wow. And you're picking the over. Yep. So you're thinking five or more kickoff return touchdowns. I'm thinking. I'm thinking <laughs> four. I'm thinking four minimum. That's nuts. You should yeah, have said three point five, bro. <laughs> Florida State. Some Florida State sometimes gets lucky and has like almost two a season. So and the special teams has been dog shit the last couple uh, of years. Yeah, but it's the first year they got to learn all the kickoff return schemes. Like, I feel like I special know. teams coach before everything else under Mike Norvell. Like I said, he he's got some freaky things, freaky thing towards special teams. I mean, he'll tell you too. I'm yeah, moving on. <laughs> what is Austin saying? Go back to watching your NBA. I know you're watching some game or playing NBA 2K or something. Moving on to punt returner. The Seminoles do return three-year starter in DJ Matthews at the punt returning spot. Matthews has shown some potential at the position. He returned a 74-yard punt for a touchdown against Miami back in 2018. But in 2019, he just wasn't very impressive. Matthews had a career low of 6.6 yards per return. And the the special teams in general just weren't very impressive, as you mentioned, Logan. But right now, I do have DJ Matthews set to return for his fourth year at a fourth year starting at punt returner just because of the experience he brings to the position. And this is also an area, guy we mentioned earlier, Travis J, to get on the field. I mean, he's just so athletic and versatile with the ball in his hands. And I, I think you've got to give him a couple of chances at least, especially if DJ Matthews is an impressive start the season. Yeah, I'd like to see definitely. Travis Jay get a chance, uh, like you said, and in, in high school, uh, he had the ball in his hands for a good majority of his career, Madison County. Uh, and like I said, it he kind of has that Gregory type of feel to him, where he is talented on both sides of the field. Um, and then also, I would like to throw in a little bit of Keyshawn Helton in here. Um, I know he's expected to get a lot of PT on offense, uh, wide receiver, obviously, but. I, I would like to really see him because I think he's a crisp and smooth guy at cuts. Um, he's more of a north-south guy uh, rather than, you know, DJ Matthews, who's had a really big trouble going east and west. And there has been some rumors that Helton is getting some uh, pun return action. So maybe I'm just going off of, you know, what, what the uh, the nuggets are coming my way. <laughs> and also, give me, give me some Corey Wren at this spot, too, because... I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't care where it is. Just, just let the kid <laughs> return some kicks. I mean, something's going to happen. 
Yeah, yeah. Let him fly and and give him ten yards and bye bye. See ya. If they can have some d- decent block, and that's the thing. If you look back at film of Memphis games, the one thing about their kick return and also their punt re- punt return teams, they have a very very strict policy on on their on their blocking and their scheme, and, and it works out for them really well. And there's usually a pocket where a player can build up momentum and get speed. And if you're going to have speed, then you have to throw uh, Ren in there. You got to take us to the best part, Dustin. I can't believe you're just completely forgetting about the grand finale of the special teams. Oh, I thought Austin, dude, I thought Austin was going to say something. Yeah. Moving on the grand finale, <laughs> the grand finale of the special teams depth chart. We're going to go to our long snapper projections. Um, I've only I've only got one name on the list, guys. Do you guys know who it is? I've only got one name. I'm salivating. I'm salivating at what you're Tal- about to present. Tallahassee native. Woo! Here we go. Give it to us. Do I need a drum roll? <laughs> Let's hope he doesn't get injured in fall camp. Grant Glennon. Okay, now that was a terrible, terrible intro. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it'll be hard to get hurt. What do you say, Austin? I said, and they say, I have no energy. That was horrible. Well, he said a sickening thing, too. I hope he doesn't get hurt <laughs> and fall camp. Like, who says that? On the grand finale know, of all sorry. things? Oh, my God, man. Wow. Run us through. Come on. Fix yourself. Fix. Figure out the hype. Come on. Yeah, Grant, Grant Glennon is... He's elite, man. He's a dog. First one in, last one out. Real gym rat. <laughs> Behind him, you've got redshirt sophomore Garrett Murray, mm. which is a solid name. It's nice. I like them. It's like it's kind of like Kyler Murray. But I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he's not on the roster for no reason. So, yeah. I mean, you're not on the roster. I'm not on the roster. Austin is definitely not on a football roster. Um, Big Guard University asks, do you know anything about Grant Glennon? The main thing to know about Grant Glennon is that he snaps the ball and that he is from Tallahassee. <laughs> what kind of uh, – you think he has good risk? He also, he also dates this chick that I went to elementary school with. He snaps the ball far. Okay. So well, someone asked how far did he snap the ball far enough? <laughs> you don't have like a yard, like a ratio percentage there on how far he does it. Very accurately. Yeah. Right in the bread basket. You know this from experience. You like went and watched him do this at camps or something or what? Where are you getting this from? I've, I, I dive deep into the film every night and every morning. You're just stuck. Studying Grant Glennon and his snaps. Yep. What's the, velo- What's the velocity? Fast. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best snap he's ever had? A really good one. <laughs> <laughs> what game did he have his best snap in, Dustin? Remember that Clemson game where they won like 58 to 10? He snapped for some good punts that game. <laughs> I think I think Florida showed, showed his endurance. A, he showed his endurance during that game, huh? 
Yeah, well, he he helped Logan Tyler set a record for for most punt yardage in a game or something like that in school history. So that's like a co-captain type deal there. That's a Hall of Fame type of deal. <laughs> Sadly, it's a terrible. I think stat. I I really think he's the next guy in the program who could get his jersey retired. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Before Jameis Winston, <laughs> not even a question. <laughs> oh man so that is grant glennon the tallahassee native lincoln high good guy good kid uh all right we're done with that we're off to the last and final segment our usual florida state here the spear trivia right now dustin has a one and oh lead on austin the underdog got a win last week Uh-oh. you guys ready for this round if, if Austin's still here? Yeah. Okay. Austin <laughs> Austin sounds like he's underwater. Yeah, I'm joking. Really Are you snorkeling? <laughs> What's going on over there? I, he's snorkeling in something. I don't want to know. It's raining in North Carolina. <laughs> it's freaking flooding out. Uh, all right, here we go. We're going to keep it back on to the award segment here. Why? Just... Stop whining. You've been whining the last week, Austin. You should know these answers. You should know these. So, here we go. In 1991, who who won the Kellen Moore Award for the best quarterback? Chat, you can't say anything. You can't say anything. In what year? Or uh, in what year? In 1991? Or who won the friggin' thing in 1991? Which quarterback? For the Kellen Moore Award. (laughs) Three, you got to get your answers. Two, Charlie Ward. Charlie, like, oh my God, Casey Weldon. Who cares? I knew it was a trick question. In 1993, yeah. who I won the Kellen Moore Award? Y'all have to understand. I was born in '97. Like, come on. Can you this ask is... questions from our lifetime? Here we, here. We, do you want a question from y'all's lifetime, and y'all get it right? Also, I thought Kellen Moore played for Boise State in, like, 2010. Yeah, they renamed it. Ah. Uh, All right. He's going to have something for that. Watch. In, in 2000, yeah. <laughs> who won the Bill Willis Trophy for the best defensive lineman? Um, Peter Five Moore? seconds. Did you say Peter Work? Bullware. Four seconds. Um, Three. I have no idea. But. Two. I'll say one. I'll say Peter Bullware. Wrong. Jamal Reynolds. I love nice. how people in the chat are absolutely roasting y'all. How? Only one person <laughs> roasted us so far. No. Again, I was born in 97. How do I know someone from when I was two years old? Give me like a 2007 question. No. You need to learn. Y'all need to learn y'all's history. I can't learn it by you just asking it. In 1992. Oh, my God. Who won the Lombardi Award for the best lineman slash best linebacker? 
Shade tree. Uh, I mean, five seconds. It would. It would have to be Marvin Jones, Three. right? Take a guess, Dustin. I mean, I'll yeah, I'll say Marvin Jones. That's the only one that makes sense. Marvin Jones is the right answer. Everybody keeps moving on to the next round. I feel like Congra- you asked that last week. I did. I was testing y'all. <laughs> Dustin didn't recognize it though. In 1991, who won You're the? You're honestly right. I know. <laughs> That's why you took a couple more years in school, right, Dustin? Yeah. In 1991, who won the Jim Thorpe Award? Um, the best defensive back in the country. 1991, gentlemen. Terrell. Yeah, T. Buck. Terrell Buckley is the correct answer. Look at you guys. Y'all have been doing your studying. Hey. In 1988, who won the Jim Thorpe Award? Oh. Brian. Four Dion, seconds. Hmm? Three seconds. Dion. I mean, what do you mean? You you keep. I, it's. I'm guessing Dion. I don't know. Dion Sanders is the correct answer. We are moving oh. on. Wow, we're doing a good job here, guys. You are really chicken dinner. You guys are really killing it. Sure, these guesses and, are awesome. And nineteen. <laughs> In 1987, who won the Buckus Award for the best linebacker in the country? You keep going backward. 87. 87. Um, I, I mean... I, I don't... <laughs> Three seconds. Um, bro, was my dad even alive in 87? Yeah, he was. <laughs> um, go ahead, Austin. I've got nothing. <laughs> Two seconds. I legitimately have nothing. Anybody got a guess? Um, Dontavious Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and wrong. The answer is Paul McGowan. Paul McGowan, everybody. Uh, yeah, he was drafted by that. the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, wow, Austin. He was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, 237th overall in the 1988 NFL draft. Uh, yeah. Again, this is 10 years before I was born and 20 years before I was a Vikings fan. So, you know. <laughs> Who won the Bobby Bowden Award for the best student athlete in 2010? The best student, best student. 2010. The best student oh, athlete. I, I, I got I got a guess, but I'm I wanna wait. Oh um, four seconds. Four seconds. Three. Uh, two. What's your guess? One. Get any guesses. I've got I've I've what got it, one. What is it, Dustin? Ponder. What's yours? I said ponder. Yep, like ponder four. is the correct answer. Yeah, because he was like at that point, wasn't he on like his third masters? Yeah, he was like a really smart dude. Unlike you, right? You didn't hang around him much because you were still in school then, right? Anyways, that's like middle school. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, Uh, wait, 2010. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I was about to say. Geez. All right. In 1996, who won the Broyles Award for the best assistant coach? Wait, in 19 what? 96. Um, 
Yeah, I was going to go Mickey. Mickey Andrews is the correct answer. In 2011, who won the Bobby Bowden Award? What is the award for? Lifetime Achievement. Oh, what the... (laughs) Bobby Bowden? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll say Bobby Bowden too, whatever. Pick different people, (laughs) Jesus. We're not going to move on. Someone pick somebody. (laughs) Nah, I picked Bobby Bowden. No. <laughs> Pick somebody, seriously. I, that sucks. Why, can't uh, we, why can't I pick Bobby Bowden? <laughs> Bobby Bowden is the correct answer. Yeah. Well, then don't try and make us pick something else. He just tried uh, to cheat one of us out of this win. I tried to because this is taking forever. Y'all did your homework. You did your homework for once. No, we, didn't. We, we literally didn't. Mm. We have guessed the last seven picks. Mm. We're doing good. Yeah. This is pretty good, isn't it, guys? All right, here we go. In what year? In what year did Nick O'Leary win his John Mackey Award for the best tight end? Uh, oh man, it's either thirteen or fourteen. Oh yeah, five seconds. I feel like it's actually fourteen for some reason. You know, we're just we're gonna decide this shit here. I'm going thirteen. Whatever. We have a tie game in trivia. Austin gets the win here. It's twenty fourteen. Congratulations, Austin. We have a one-one situation here in FSU. Here, the spirit trivia. Congratulations, Austin. What are your thoughts on that? Can we get off now? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been I've been trying to go through this smoothly. Dustin, you just took an L there. You took one for the team though, for all of us, I think, and everybody listening. Um, yeah, I knew um, what the answer was. I mean, sometimes you just gotta let little brother get a win. You know, give him some confidence. <laughs> Next week, I'm gonna beat that ass. What? Oh man, what? I don't know where this is. Happening. So I'm going to go ahead and cut this off and end off the podcast. Before we do that, though, we do need to shout out um, 10 Patreon members. Uh, we thank everybody for becoming a Patreon. You can find out how to become it and, and learn a lot more at patreon.com slash nullgameday. Uh, but I want to go ahead and shout out 10 of our Patreons that have signed up. We're going to do this every week. We have a lot to shout out, but this is our first 10. Sonny Patel, Hoff, James Cutting, oh gosh, James Cuttingham, uh, Big Man Armad, Edward Kennedy, shout out to him, Zach Hickman, Mikey Clark are also another mod with us, shout out to him, Mike Bellamy, J.R. Hayes, Benny Perez, David Ulry, and Caleb. I believe that's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, I did 11. So there we go. Did 11, the first one. You get a little extra one. But shout out to these guys for becoming Patreon. If you're interested in getting a shout out um, on the next episode, um, feel free to become a Patreon 
at patreon.com slash day. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. Next week, we will be giving our record predictions with Nate Greer, our recruiting insider. Should be a great episode. I am excited. We might have a former Noel come on here with us too and give their record prediction. I'm excited. Football is in the air. It's coming. Um, but you guys have a great rest of y'all's week and weekend. We will talk to you guys next week on Hear the Spear. See you guys.